What's up, dudes? Day three. Yay. Howdy. Good morning. Yay. Only <laughs> one more day. Three days. Yeah. So we got uh, James Stacy. Hey. We got Jason Heaton. We got the Grey NATO in it's the a house. mini Grey NATO. Yeah, yeah. You're our guest today. What up? Yeah. Thanks, I'm thanks guest, for joining I'm us, I'm a guest Steven. on the Grey NATO. Yeah, okay. Right, cool. Right, yeah. you, you take over. It's your, <laughs> no, your no. show now. No, no. Um, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's just get right into it. Uh, a brand that we talked about a little bit yesterday when we had the, the Warner Wound guys on the show, but we didn't really get too into, uh, that I know both of you guys are into, yeah. is uh, Oris. Oris has a good year this year. Yeah, and I'm fresh off them. I saw them late in the day today. And, uh, you know, I, every year they're one of the, the brands that I really enjoy seeing the most. Yeah. Cause they're, a, they're nice people, but B, they, I don't know, they always just bring such cool pieces. Yeah. They always play with color and a little bit of bronze accents here and then new version of the, you know, Diver 65 or something. Yeah. And, and this year didn't disappoint. It was great. Yeah. yeah I mean, you said they're fun to see. The Oris booth is kind of like buck wild. It is. Yeah. A little chaotic. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like three levels. You're never really sure what floor you're on. Right. Yeah. You have to go to the top for our meeting. And, uh, I, you know, like I, the brand is great because they're independent. Right. Yeah. So they do and, their own and, thing. And like you, you can sit in a meeting with Rolf and VJ, the co co CEOs of the brand, and they will do whatever they want. So like if they decide as a brand that they don't like that there's too much paper and plastic in their products, they don't take like years to phase it out. Yeah. In one year, last year they talked about limiting the amount of paper and plastic that was in their packaging, and now it's done. Yeah. Your watch comes in like a leather, a really nice leather roll. It comes with like very limited anything that's single use and I, I absolutely love it i think that a lot of that stuff ends up being like like i have a cabinet at home i just moved recently so i know how much of it there is that's just boxes yeah yeah for these things well even in the booth um they said that the, all the water comes from the tap it's in glass bottles glasses no plastic the food that they serve in the booth is prepared food that they prepare in the booth so it's they're not like bringing in plastic wrapped stuff and I trays mean, this and is little stuff this is little stuff that people don't hear about with a brand like this often and and it's all that peripheral stuff about entertaining guests in their booth but it's significant you know i mean it's a legitimate problem for a brand that sells a lot of dive watches and does a lot of sort of environmental themed pieces i mean it's it, it's it's it really shows that they really are kind of walking the talk i think it's the great walk, walking the talk and and then you have on the other side and it reflective directly in the product all of these uh, products that are, are directly sponsoring or supporting in various levels of conservation. Yeah. And, and I think that like as a, as a brand ethos, Oris is a pretty interesting brand because they offer something that almost anyone can buy. Right. Like if you're in the watch buying market, they're within your consideration. Yeah. And they're enthusiast driven. The people behind the brand are really deep into watches. Mm -hmm. They don't take any of it casually. There's no casual spirit at Oris period. Like, look at their more hardcore products, look at their in-house products, look at their straps, look at the way that they decide to do things like buckles versus everyone else. Like, they could make all of this a lot easier, Yeah. but they don't. Right. They showed a new buckle for me that works with a ventile cotton strap. Okay. So, ventile cottons, I'm going to get this vaguely wrong, so Rolf, I'm sorry, but ventile cotton is either British... Or it, it was invented in Britain for the uh, RAF World War II, used on the 53 Everest expedition. There you go. And now it's actually Swiss... Swiss owned. Okay, so I was trying. I couldn't remember yeah. which side was the original and which was now. Yeah, that's the cotton that's like silent, right? Like it doesn't make any noise. It's when super it water resistant. It's really tightly it's... woven, and then it's treated with a DWR coating, so it's <clears throat> highly water resistant. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So they were talking about the history of this cotton as being used for pilots that had to ditch their planes mm. in the English Channel in the North Sea, and this company was able to increase, or I guess more accurately, decrease the mortality rate from eighty percent. 
by 80% hmm. because they oh. went from the pilots would have from two to three minutes to be picked out of the sea oh, right, right. to about 20 minutes. Yeah. So oh. a boat could find them. Yeah. Whoa. So pretty cool stuff. Really interesting fabric. It's super soft. It's really pliable. I would say it actually feels a little bit like really high quality denim, but without the okay. heaviness, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's a, but, and the buckle is what's, what I think is remarkable. And we're going well into a, you know, more of a TGN space here. But <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, we, we, fold- we would not have had both of you guys on if we were not up for that. <laughs> it's a fold like, over. I knew what I was getting into here. <laughs> it's like a fold over. I think, it, I think it like highlights the way that they think about their watches. So it's a fold over clasp, but the, it, it secures into the tail of the strap, the long end of the strap, without using any holes, without bending the strap in any way, and it's infinitely adjustable. So it uses a little tab that pinches mm-hmm. the strap lightly. And then when it clicks down, it clicks down with their kind of like seatbelt release, yes. like on a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it has this lift tab on it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be on their either Pro Pilot Chronograph Pro-Pilot. or Pro Pilot GMT, yeah. which is like a 44 millimeter watch. Mm-hmm. I think it's something they should try and get like across the board as an option. They do straps better than any other brand. Yeah. yeah. I, I think maybe better any any other brand in the world. Like they'd make a really nice bracelet, which isn't that easy to rubber do. Rubber straps are great. The rubber's yeah. really nice. Like I've spent a lot of time in rough conditions with their rubber, like their divers on rough, on a, on a rubber strap. And they, they just do a, a really good job and they nail a lot of details. And uh, yeah. and, and certainly I, I saw, what, what, what did you see that you liked? So the two that really stood out for me, um, the first one they showed me was the Aquas uh, GMT. Yeah, that's my favorite. I, I was love like, it. The Aquas, I've always been on the fence, kind of neutral about, great, very capable dive watch, but the styling never quite did it for me. But today they showed me this GMT and I was like, it. It's as if they had it for years. I mean, it just made perfect sense. It just looked, it completed the watch for me, I felt. Um, and, and then what they do is they put the, the, so it actually, it's a three time zone watch because it has the, as Oris does very elegantly, they have this, the second time zone in that inner ring on the dial. Oh, and yeah, then you've yeah. got the, the rotating bezel with a second 24 hour scale on it. And then of course you have the local time hands. So despite the fact that they're using a Salita base that only gives you um, 24-hour independent GMT, which isn't like true traveling GMT. Yeah. But if you leave the hand on GMT, on UTC zero, mm-hmm. then just use the offset of the bezel, then you would always know home, yeah. uh, UTC, and another time zone, which gives you largely the same functionality as a GMT master. Yeah. yeah. Great watch. And then the other one I really liked, and I don't know, this seemed for some reason today was kind of a, a day that I was kind of dipping into like more dressy watches, which is not in my wheelhouse, but... That uh, 40 millimeter uh, steel and bronze uh, big crown uh, pointer date. Just a cool watch with the, uh, uh, it had this uh, sort of beautiful blue dial. I mean, it was just like, just a stunning watch, you know. Um, I love that configuration anyway. They they just do it so well, but um, on the wrist, and I posted a picture on Instagram, and everybody's just, they just love it. I mean, it's it's one of those really lovable watches. Well, it's also one of those things where, like, if you keep the bronze clean then yeah. it's like a two-tone watch if you let it patina it yeah. becomes a whole different thing yeah. that won't yeah. that yeah, will yeah. not look like any two-tone watch in the world because they right. went with all bronze there's it's right. not bronze with a gold cap or a plate it, it's not a gold bezel like it's actually everything that looks like gold is bronze and the rest is steel and it will all get this crazy patina and it's a relief engraved in bezel yep it's yeah. great yeah 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 it was great i mean those were those were the two that that stood out there was there were a couple of embargoed pieces that uh we can't talk about, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a strong year. I mean, you know, it's one of the brands that, like I said, is always a highlight. And, yeah. and in a year that I felt was kind of light on fireworks, uh, or it was it was kind of a real high point for me. It was yeah. that burgundy dial. 
yeah, yeah, burgundy yeah, yeah. dials on the pointer date, yeah, right, pointer right. date in both sizes in a burgundy so dial. Oh, nice. it's really yeah, cool. Yeah. And that they, watch on the bracelet with the burgundy dial is yeah, yeah. And the the strap is deerskin, oh, which right. is much, yeah, much yeah. more sustainable yeah. for them nice. to and they're sort. they're tanning their leathers with vegetable tanning instead of chemical tanning. No another, chemicals, another yeah. sort of environmental, sort of uh, ethical sort of uh, uh, mindset for them. So it's great, nice. good stuff. Cool. Yeah. What were James? What were some uh, highlights for you? I mean, for me, that like I finally have a, a watch that I really like from the show, and okay. it's from the most unlikely brand, which is Hublot. <laughs> so, wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! The watch you want most at Basel World twenty nineteen. Yeah, if I could have walked out with one, there's no question. I mean, we could probably arrange that. I'd have to get another meeting. Somebody, you would have to like create a diversion. I would. I'm need, up. For, I'm up for it. Well, I mean, <laughs> fine. Hublot, we're coming. Can you blow all of this where we're planning to yeah. steal a $30,000 watch. Yeah, so, please do not run this. <laughs> this it get, Hublot, this, this marks the end of the Grey Nato. Yeah, yeah. Is, Hublot, is, we love your watches. Stacey's, we're definitely not going to try to steal yeah. one. Yeah. Definitely not going to I'm steal. interviewing for new co-hosts for the Grey Nato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not my co-host. Have you seen this watch? No, I didn't. No. So this is a watch designed... Um, this, this, my, this sentence gets crazier the longer I talk, but the watch that I put on my wrist the most where I was like, okay, this is something I didn't expect. I really like it. It feels incredibly well made. It's really fun. It's not too big. And it's not something I would normally, it's not an aesthetic I would uh, traditionally describe or prescribe to Hublot is this, uh, the new Ferrari watch. So that's an even more insane. Like within wow. within Hublot, the Ferrari watches are a divisive thing because they're like yeah. referential, obviously, to yeah. a, a very elitist vehicle. And uh, I, I happen to have driven a few Ferraris. I'm never going to own a Ferrari. Is this oh, the I just, I just happen to have driven a few Ferraris. <laughs> I'm never going to own a Ferrari, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but this watch, I, I, all I would ask, all I would ask is, give it a chance. Look at the pictures. Don't even do any more than that. But it is the, uh, it's a, and we'll have a story on a, this live yep. soon yeah, over so the weekend. It's probably. a Ferrari designed version of the uh, classic. Um, it's a Big Bang classic, classic fusion. It's a classic, mm-hmm. fusion. classic fusion, yeah, which is probably their more their most toned down one, yeah, style wise. It looks nothing like any of those. Imagine if you took a Hublot from the dial standpoint and put it in a. It's either titanium or their um, what's their fancy gold king called? King, 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 gold. Gold. king gold. So it's either titanium or king gold or carbon, uh, carbon fiber. Very Ferrari. The titanium one is like mid twenties. It's not very big, and it has this like curvy, bubbly sort of ichapod like case. Okay. The chron the chronograph action is incredible. I mean, no pressure to start, almost no pressure to reset. It's really, really nicely done. And I would say like the only thing that like kind of tweaks me about it is because I'm because I have no intention of ever even dreaming of owning a Ferrari is the idea that it has that little prancing horse on the dial at twelve o'clock, right? Yeah, pretty prominently. It took me a little while to see it because it's hidden by the red chronograph hand. Okay. And there's a lot going on in the dial. Okay. If you're not into Hublot's skeletonized dials, and I'm not sure that I am, this is about the case for me. Okay. Because it like sits really flat. It feels really special. It looks great. And I, I, I yeah, that's the one that like it, it's crazy. But this, I guess I'm, ha- I'm, you know, last year I got the the standards. I got the BB58. I got the BB GMT. We got a Jubilee on, on a GMT Master, like core yeah. steel sport watch stuff 
but like all these other brands without swatch being here it kind of seems like rolex is taking a slow year you know taking a lap taking a breather yeah uh tudor's got some interesting stuff but nothing that like broke the mold or swung really hard for the core of their enthusiasts mm -hmm. yeah and now you have these other brands, the LV, these LVMH brands that are like, we're, we're stepping in. Yeah. You're yeah. turning the volume down, we're turning it up. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's true, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's kind of like, a, we'll, we'll get sidetracked here, you know, a bit. But like, the LVMH brands put up huge this year. Like, Tag has these new Octavias, which, you know, some people are going to love, some people are going to hate. But like, but it's that's, a big that's deal. that's Tag's Black yeah. Bay. To totally. Plus, it's the same yeah. price. Yeah. Plus, they have the <laughs> Carbon Hairsprings. Yeah, right. so from a technical right, standpoint, right. tags coming out big. It's a nicely advanced movement. For that money, it's it's strongly advanced. Yeah. Zenith has the 50th anniversary El Primeros, uh, both precious metal and some other things. Bulgari had the thin chronograph. Bulgari has Bulgari one has, of the most incredible watches of the year. Yeah, yeah. they have the chronograph GMT Octo Finissimo, yeah. plus they have the all-black ceramic Octo Finissimo, which is my personal pick uh, from those watches. And then Hublot now has this watch. I mean, so it's like all four of those brands have have big exciting things with smart smart move if, if that yeah. was their strategy to say there's a gap here let's fill it there's no distraction at the end of the aisle with omega with some yeah anniversary something or other it's like yeah, yeah. good good call and yeah. it's funny because they've always been there for for people who haven't been to basel world like you walk in the front door of the halls and you have to go through these turnstiles yeah. and the moment you get inside the turnstiles mm, yeah. it's bulgari just on your left worst part tag on your day. right yeah. yeah it's the mm, worst part exactly. of the show yeah right so it's like it's it's Bulgari on your left, Tag on your right, and then you go past that, and it's Hublot on your left and Zenith on your right. Yeah. And then you get into, you know, yeah. there's a little break, there's some escalators, whatever, and then you get into Rolex, Paddock, Tudor, whatever. And run like, the gauntlet of yeah, LVMH. Yeah, you kind of have to yeah. run the gauntlet yeah. of LVMH, but that's also where, like, all the foot traffic is, and it's kind of miserable, and you right, tend to want right. to kind of, like, skip right through it. Yeah. And I think this year, you're right. Like, without Omega, like, visible down at the other end of the hall. Yeah. Like people are kind of lingering and enjoying it, and it really opened <laughs> up a chance for them to kind of like yeah. dominate the show this year. Yeah, yeah. I think it's from all corners too, because the the tag one we all can remember, like the, they'll have something for the Monaco at some point. Sure right, not, you're not going to skip out yeah. on that year. Yeah. So the yeah. Octavia Isograph is a, is a new thing. Uh, that was underwhelming to me. That watch. Yeah, I, I mean the movement. I, I think, get, but I think for the price, the people that are maybe buying it aren't going to care. Like I just think it's a little price. bit confused. Yeah. It just it seemed a little bland to me, but yeah. I mean, some look, look nice. I haven't seen it in the metal yet. I'm gonna yeah. go It's really tomorrow. nice on wrist. Yeah, like no, it feels I've, like yeah. a solid sport watch. Like sure. I was saying, yeah. like I was saying on yesterday's episode, it kind of feels like a, a Breitling from five years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, it feels like this kind of solid, chunky, but not too chunky, like low, like kind of wear it all the time sort right. of option. Right. And and it has some options, like the bracelet's got quick release on it. Yeah. That uses normal spring bars. Sure. It's not like built yeah. in. And yeah. 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 Great loom. Okay. Uh, but yeah, for me, the the Hublot. It's, right. it's such a weird choice, and I actually I'm going to go out on a limb and say like it might be the first Hublot I've genuinely liked. Interesting. Okay, you heard it here first, James Casey. Like, wow. I'm not. I'm not Ferrari saying Ferrari Hublot guy. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ferrari Hublot guy. I'm going to buy the. I want hat. you to get it in king gold. Just you can tick all the boxes at once. It can be a solid gold Ferrari branded Hublot skeletonized. <laughs> I'm, going buy, I'm going to get the hat. I'm going to get the polo. I'm going to get the thing that goes on my keychain. Right, I'm going to blow up my own oh, spot man. super hard oh, here. My. And say that I had a Ferrari Polo no, when I was in high school, <laughs> and I also didn't have a driver's license until like eight months ago. Steven, it was bad. It was bad. I've had a Ferrari. I went through. Yeah, I went through like a Euro <laughs> trash phase. It was not good. Luckily, they're like oh, this is before Euro, cell phones. We're gonna need photos. So, like they're really need, very we're gonna need few photos. photos Euro trash. Yeah. Steven yeah. is yeah. maybe my me. second yeah. favorite. Steven. 
What's your favorite Steven? Current day Steven. Oh, I love that. This yeah, yeah. uh this guy. Uh, uh, great. All, the, all I would say is like, from like off camera. if you're if you're <laughs> listening to me talk about a Hublot, the, a Ferrari Hublot is twenty some odd thousand dollars. Um sorry, but also not sorry. <laughs> Canadian sorry? Sorry, but <laughs> not also sorry. not sorry. Give it a chance. I genuinely think it's a compelling thing. It's a big right turn because they used a designer from a car brand. Yeah. So not, yeah, Flavio uh, Manzoni. Exactly. Who was in the Hodinkee magazine, the yep. last volume of the Hodinkee magazine, because uh, he's a big watch guy. Yeah. So I, I think it's really cool. It's expensive. I can't afford it. I won't buy it. But I do think it's really cool. I could not stop taking pictures of it or trying on the various ones for wrist shots and things like that. And that's usually a good sign. Yeah. And sure, we didn't maybe we didn't find a couple of real bangers when it comes to steel sport watches under $5,000. I'm not saying that there's nothing. Oris has a handful sure. that are great. Yeah. I love that GMT. Yeah. Uh, but that Hublot is something I'm genuinely excited about because suddenly I had a reason to be like, oh, Hublot. I saw it on this giant screen in the front of their booth, and I was like, yeah, what is that weirdness? <laughs> I think it's funny that you know you brought up this idea of like, you sort of expect to walk into Basel and get like sub five and sub $10,000 steel sports watches every year. Like yeah. those are going to be, it's what most people buy. They make a lot of money and Rolex literally won't make yeah. more of them. Especially in the US. Like if you talk to retailers, it's like they want 42 to 44 millimeter steel sports watches that are like 35 to $6,500 yeah. that all have the yeah. date, which yeah. is why like the purists get upset, but like that's what sells. So right. unless you're going to buy hundreds of thousands of watches from some manufacturer, like you kind of have to shut up and deal with them making yeah. watches with yeah. dates. But the funny thing is we expect that at Basel, but this year we got those at SIHH. Like we got those watches from IWC. We got those watches from Mont Blanc. Hmm. And then we show up to Basel and it's like, it's all high end stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's a, it's kind of a, a big reversal of. What yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone. I don't think anyone swung as hard for the five thousand dollar price point as IWC has. I think they're still. I agree. They still pushed as hard as they could for that 100%. price point with the new Spitfire stuff. Yeah, and I mean the continued success of just their general pilot lineup. Yeah. But yeah, I want to I want to pivot the other direction real quick because I got to do what is probably my favorite thing at Basel World. Uh, which is I got to go see the independence this morning. Oh, sure. um, I yeah. was able to kind of carve out some time and book a bunch of appointments back to back uh, and go this year. Uh, they're across. They're still in what's called hall one, but they're, they're across from the main hall across the little plaza area. And you go in, the booths are much smaller. It's a much different scale. It's much quieter. Um, and in general, the person you're meeting with is the person whose name is on the front of the booth, or at the very least, they're like the CEO of the brand, usually yeah. the owner of the brand, sometimes the watchmaker. Like you're really getting close to the people who make the products, right. which I, I love. I mean, yeah. that's what yeah. got me into doing this. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to go and, you know, I saw Kari Vutalainen, um, you know, I saw the Gronfelds, I saw Stepan Sarpaneva, I saw Reggie Percepi at Acrivia. Um, this went, was all today. This was all today. Oh, wow. uh, went and saw Urban Jurgensen, like a whole mm. bunch of brands. Um, and honestly, they're all doing really good stuff. Yeah. Which, like, we kind of expect. Have you but... ever been let down by like by a, a watch release from Kari? No, not a watch release. I phrased it carefully. I phrased it. <laughs> yeah, I phrased it carefully. Let's yeah. not bring that we up. We can't. Yeah, right. Kari and I are finally over Jeez. the yeah. cell phone debacle, <laughs> but uh, which we'll link that up, I guess, in the show notes. Why not? Uh, we'll start that fight again. But like every <laughs> but, single time I see dude, one of his watches, even if it's something like crazy engraved with like a hundred case back 100%. that has like some wild thing on it yeah it's still like nobody like it's crazy 
crazy. Dude, the what stuff he's we making. saw, the stuff we saw today, like forget the movements. Like we saw, he's uh you know, a Von Louis with uh, a black enamel dial with white brigade numerals and white hands. And it's like, it looks like a drawing of a watch. It's so high contrast. And that black enamel just like gobbles up light. Wow. It's just, like it's a, incredible. Like a Kari Resence. Yeah, kind of actually. Yeah. Uh, Do you get pictures of that? Yeah, I have some yeah, photos. They'll, they'll be on the site soon right, too. Cool, cool. Uh, he had one where it was an engraved, it was a white dial that had that sort of like green engraving on it. So it, it had like almost like a sandpaper texture. But then it had green and transparent enamel applied to the top of it. So wow. the enamel itself was solid and smooth, but the stuff that you could see, the stuff you could see through the enamel had texture to it. Uh, that was wild. And then they had something else you're going to see on the site soon, uh, which was a Volnui that had the movement was reversed, hmm. and then it had no dial. It had like a transparent <laughs> dial. Oh, okay. So the movement yeah. is on the front it's of the, the watch. Dial. Uh, which was bananas. Cool. Uh, wow. It's not my favorite Kari. Honestly, yeah, I, yeah. I think like I like his dial designs and I like the kind of more restrained idea. It's fun when it's a little bit more traditional. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was cool. So after Kari, I went over to the Gromfelds who had their 10th anniversary this past year, coincided with us. Should have done like a, gotten like a cake or something. I don't know. Uh, but they did a tourbillon um, that's sort of like halfway between the Remontoir and the Principia. Uh, it's automatic, but it has like super crazy finishing. Uh, tourbillon visible on the dial at six o'clock. Uh, it's not my favorite Gronfelds. Um, you know, I like something again a little more understated, but um, it's like a crazy high end, independently made tourbillon that you could, in theory, wear every day. Like it's very wearable. It's pretty chill. The tourbillon's right. small. It's not huge. Um, Stepan Sarpaneva, who who I really like just as a person. Like, his watches are not my thing. Uh, they're cool. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, into yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, he's a nice dude, though. He's for a great sure. dude. He's so I, talented. I love Stepan. He's, he's the guy like, with the crazy kind of moon phase. The moon phases. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not my style, but, like, if they're the sort of thing you're into, uh, he does it better than anybody else. Uh, and he's really creative and also just, like, a fun dude. Like, I yeah. always love to see yeah. him at the show and hang out. Like, he's one of those people I always run late to whatever meeting I have after I'm meeting with Stepan because we end yeah. up just, like, hanging yeah. out. Uh, and he and Kari are both Finnish? Am I right in that? Yeah, he and Kari are both Finnish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's based in Helsinki hmm. in an old industrial plant, huh. like, on, like, the 20th floor. Oh. Like, it's this very weird, crazy cool. setup. So it's a Finnish watch scene. That's pretty cool. It's a Finnish watch scene, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, he uh, he has this movement he's been working on for years that he designed around a complication. So he actually designed the complication, what you would call maybe like a module first, and then designed a caliber around it. So it's a fully integrated movement, but it, mm. complication came first. Uh, it's a moon phase, big surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be set down to the second because uh, you can set the watch. You can set the moon phase to a specific hour and then wow. set the watch to that hour and like start the balance because it hacks oh, you can sure. start the balance so you can in theory set the moon phase to the second you're hacking the moon phase yeah wow essentially wow. uh and then what happens is uh the complication is accurate to one day in every fourteen thousand years uh that'll work i mean that's, it's yeah. pretty Pro wild that's probably enough yeah huh yeah that's probably enough yeah i mean maybe. that'll get you by you think yeah. you can do more i can do more no, he can do more. Can you <laughs> do can, more? He can probably do yeah, more. Yeah, he can probably do I can more. Do, but yeah. I can do less. You the can bar do less, is high way less. Yeah. I don't know uh, what the moon phase was last night, which is a bad sign for predicting tonight. That's true. Um, but yeah, and it uses this weird like fiberglass, uh, like his moon with the face on it. Yep. Um, there's that at the bottom. It's kind of large. It's six o'clock. 
and then the moon disks sweep behind it and are superluminova. Uh, so then the fiberglass basically projects the loom up to the front and kind of like amplifies the loom effect. So it looks like this like moon is just glowing down at wow. six o'clock. Wow. It's super cool. Again, it's like it's very Sarpaneva. We saw a prototype awesome. of that. We did. We saw a prototype last year. Yeah, we put a cell phone light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back <laughs> we did. Got a picture. Yeah, for we sure. Did. It's neat. Uh, this one, I would say, is a little more refined. It's very yeah, similar. It was super early when we saw it. Yeah, yeah. it's last year. It was kind of like industrial and rough, and like it didn't really work very well. And he wasn't sure how you were going to set it. He like knew the complication would work, but there was no mechanism for setting it. Mm. Uh, now he's got this like scale engraved on the case back, and the moon discs actually have these arrows projecting off of them that. Uh, you can't see them from the front of the watch, but on the back, they allow you to like line it up with the scales. It's it's cool. It's a very cool thing. That's that's the cool thing about these small brands, right? Is that you've seen you, now you've seen the evolution of early phase without right. him yeah. quite super, having it fully figured fun. out. To, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's also that it's a totally idiosyncratic, crazy product that like no large multinational company would yeah. green light. Yeah. It's like a thirty something thousand dollar, hyper accurate, highly stylized moon phase watch that took like half a decade to develop. <laughs> uh, Super. No LVMH brand's going to make that. That's yeah. just like not going to get past the board. But Stepan can sit in his workshop in Finland and, sure. and figure yeah. it out. So yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. What else did I see? The the new Urban Jurgensen is cool. The Urban Jurgensen One. Uh, it's like their competitor to the the Nautilus or the uh, oh. Royal Oak. Huh. Um, it's kind of funky. It's a little weird. It's kind of weird from them. Uh, but at the same time, like it's got a killer movement in it. Uh, it's one of their in house movements. Um, I got a full walkthrough from Zorin. The uh, man, we have another Finnish connection. He used to work at Nokia. Wow. Um, yeah, but uh, the CEO and, and owner Zorin gave me a a walkthrough of the kind of design process that led to this. Uh, I won't go fully into it here, but it had to do with kind of like figuring out, starting from the idea that like this watch was going to be a round watch. So let's figure, let's use like the circle as the basis for the whole design. And all the lines are this series of like overlapping circles of various proportions that like kind of intersect and the points of intersection are used as the, you know, departure points for the design. Hmm. It's crazy. Like the bracelet links have this sort of like cat's eye appearance from the front, but they're actually rectangular on the back because they have to be for the pins. So if you take one by itself, it has this like completely insane geometry that makes no sense. And I have no idea why you would ever design something that way. Hmm. Uh, it's like they made it as hard as they possibly could on themselves, <laughs> but uh that's watch I like, making <laughs> yeah but i i like the watches way more than i thought i would yeah. um they're they're cool and if you're somebody who's into high-end independent watchmaking and you're into the idea of like a nautilus or a royal oak or an overseas but you don't love the idea of something from a big brand or yeah you can't get one let's say sure um this is a an interesting alternative hmm. um it's not i would say a one-to-one -one analog but it's it's similar yeah uh and then the last thing I want to talk about is I saw a watch that's not new, but I got to go see Acrivia and chat with Recep Recepi, who's like the coolest young watchmaker around. Yeah. Uh, he's he's the man. Uh, and he was wearing a prototype of his Chronomet Contemporain. Uh, it's the only one in steel. Hmm. Uh, it still has the old dial. He's done some revisions to the dial and to the movement finishing, but like, go check it out. I, I did a watch spotting story on the site. Uh, we'll link that up. Go, go check it out. Uh, it's, I think the most interesting and like coolest high end watch, modern watch that's been released in, in years. Uh, I think it's like, it's Philippe Dufour simplicity level stuff. Wow. Uh, wow. it is, it is it's high price for you. That's yeah. your yeah, watch. It's, yeah. it's unreal. Oh, okay. Um, right. the level of finish, the level of watchmaking, the level of creativity, 
like balancing the idea of doing something kind of traditional and conservative with also doing something contemporary and, and interesting that's going to kind of make waves is is a tough that's a tough line to toe yeah uh and i think he he nails it you know he yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely nails it um i happen to know there's a many years wait list for them to the point where you know he said he was only going to make it's either 25 or 50 of each i think uh and they're like way oversubscribed like wow. if you if unless people and he's start, a pretty young guy so this he's is a super he, young he'll guy. like be retirement age before he fulfills all the orders uh yeah probably yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah so like you probably can't get one even if yeah. you want one yeah. but uh man do i want one wow. they're uh they're really yeah. really cool um you know what we should do let's before we wrap let's uh let's do a wrist check what's uh let's go with james first we'll start for this for me what are you wearing today? I have on my uh, beloved Breitling Aerospace. Not to be confused with the new Zodiac Aerospace. Certainly not, for legal reasons or otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah. I have an interesting story about that, but I... It's probably off the record. It's probably off the record. Yeah, All right, so Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Great. Yeah, right. We absolutely can't talk about it. Ask Great. Me in six That's months. a cut. <laughs> That's a cut, Greg. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this is a watch I've had for a little while. It's uh, it's an earlier generation uh, post-Navitimer aerospace, but just when the aerospace became its own thing. I have it on a uh, gray NATO, as I am wont to do. Uh, it also has Wait, a... what? Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You gotta move how you move. Yeah, it's got shilling uh, on our show now. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, right. Okay, I'm shilling in, on our show now. In, in presence alone. Um, and I actually really love it for things like trade shows because at a certain point, this point included i've been up for a long time <laughs> I, I can attest to that you have been up for a long and time and i will look i will look at something like a like my uh, my explorer 2 which i also brought with me and i will have to like look at the 24 hour time and be like 6 a.m. back home okay or like and you try and like, you got people back home you want to call them you want to be in touch and that sort of thing you want to know when they're going up getting up when they're going to bed that's and this just puts it in a digital a digital screen it's super easy it's light it's um i also like it because when you when you do this job um you're putting other people's watches on all day so i wear this watch on my right right with uh, mouth sounds i wear this watch on my right wrist which is much more comfortable for me and, and then you're not constantly taking it off and a nato is kind of cumbersome to take on and off a lot because of the tail uh so this way i can go the whole day with the watch on my uh right side uh, nice. without any issue and cool. it, it's just kind of a perfect little sport watch yeah yeah and you, you got the alarm if you want to go running you can time yeah. your runs absolutely yeah, great travel watch yeah nice yeah how about you, you mr heat what are you feeling uh so 50th anniversary of the doxa t-graph yeah and uh so i have a doxy t-graph on from 1969 uh it's one i bought from the original owner who bought it in chicago in a dive shop and uh I think I've talked about it before on yeah, some yeah, I think so. Hodinky Radio or something. But yeah. yeah, I brought it. I wore it today. I had a, um, uh, an appointment with Doxa, so I thought I should represent. Went you, full bun, too. Went you know what bun. I noticed, though, yeah, which yeah. is weird? Yeah. This one's made of steel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, I... Uh, I'm I'm just a poor you know writer here. I can't afford the uh, the seventy thousand dollar gold one. Seventy seventy thousand dollars. All right, seventy thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. James is in. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So sure. I brought this up at my meeting. I said I said you realize this is a very expensive watch. You said what the hell were you thinking? Yeah. Is that yeah, what you said? I yeah. Did. In, okay. In, in, in very Minnesotan. Yeah. Polite Midwestern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a Minnesotan sorry, and a sorry, Canadian. Yes. yes right. right. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> and and with a sorry, straight face. Much? With a straight face. You know they said. Well, you know, that's a lot of gold. We didn't make many, and I'm like, you should shouldn't you kind of work backwards from what you think you can charge from this? You know, 
like not more when you, than a Nautilus you, chronograph. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, hats off if they if they managed to sell thirteen of them, you know, then they did something right. And we're all for we're sure. all the fools, but yeah, uh, for sure. to me, it's just it's insane, utterly insane, insane price wise. Now I'm going to go on a rant. Insane, Perfect. insane price wise, but I, I just think it was. Uh, Really out of left field, fairly tone deaf. Yeah, I don't for, get it for Doxa. I mean, I think like I, the the product all on its own. Yeah, you, like without taking into merit everything else that's going on at Doxa and and, yeah. and their other watches. Yeah, I like the watch. I like the idea of, of if they made thirteen, but they also sure. made the six hundred other ones. Yeah, in steel. Yeah, right, right. To, you know, to replicate this. Yeah, but just the thirteen of that one is such a profoundly weird flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I agree. And, you know, I don't care for it on the bracelet. The rubber strap, I thought, looked rubber rather cheap on it. Not good at all. Um, I, like I think on a brown leather, it would have... I like the bracelet. Look, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the bracelet. James. I, it's, it's all gold, everything. S- yeah. Solid, solid, solid gold James. Yeah. Solid gold James. But um, I, you know me. I'm a, I'm a diehard Doxa guy. And, yeah. And, uh, so my my bar is set very high for them. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see who ends up uh, showing up at some event or something with one of these on one day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, that's old familiar. I, I recognize yeah, I'm wearing much. my uh, my Rolex 1016 Mike Explorer. Uh, it's on a stretch bracelet, just part of why I bought this watch. Perfect. Um, I love like when Rolex does weird things. Yeah. When they did weird things. Yeah. Um, yeah. The company now is so kind of like monolithic that yeah. anytime you can see in their past when they like took a chance and did something kind of wacky, like stretchy oyster bracelets. Yeah. Um. I love it. And it also has the convenience of being extremely comfortable. And when I fly, I like my bracelets kind of tight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you fly and you swell up or yep. when it's hot out or you're, yeah. I don't know, on your feet all day at a trade show, yeah. uh, it stretches instead of cutting off circulation in your hand, which is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's also easy, like James said, like we're taking our watches on and off all day. Right. Uh, Those are so sh- easy to just I probably shouldn't off. do this, but I yeah. like snap this off and I just like throw it on my inside jacket pocket oh, yeah. in my in my sport coat so I don't lose it at the show, which right, would be an right. absolute nightmare. Um, so yeah, so this is, I tend to just, you know, I brought well, a couple it, watches to Basel World, but when I travel, honestly, 95% of the time, I just take this. I and it's one it. of the remaining, one of the, I think you two both own the two remaining Rolex sports models that have never been made in gold, right? Now that the Sea Dweller is in two-tone, they've never made a gold Explorer or a gold no. Explorer too. Nope, that's true. So, they've not. Also, fun fact. Man, a gold 1016 would be so fire. That would <laughs> oh, be my the, God. Yeah, that would be too No comment. Too good. No comment. I would, too good. I would sell everything fun, to buy that. Fun fact. That watch has the expanding bracelet. This watch has an expanding clasp. And yeah. this watch has an expanding oh, clasp. Yeah. Spring-fed. Mm. Spring-fed. Right. Spring-fed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Spring fed boys. Spring fed. <laughs> we got them all. Because that, that's this her one, band. The, the original bracelet for this has the. Yeah, it has ratcheting clasp and then two oh, spring loaded. ratcheting with a no, spring. No, but then it's okay, two spring yeah. loaded sections for taking up swelling or dive yeah. suits or whatever. The original yeah. titanium in this has like a really rudimentary yeah. two springs on two bars that like literally like you can flex and hear it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the spring check breaks. after this because I, I yeah, didn't yeah, realize sure. it's stretchy. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Jason. This yeah, was thanks fun. for having me, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah. You know, so we're, we're doing final notes on uh, a quote. Sure, you want some quote? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no? No, no, no. All right, no. I think it's uh, a yeah. drink a beer, write some stories time. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, people, I guess, want content. More um, watches tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, more watches tomorrow. We'll be back here same time, same place for the last Basel 2019 episode. All right, over and out. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.